Welcome back to Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. In this show, we're focused on hunting down interesting market movements to help you become more opportunistic with your capital. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut, and this week, Powell has news. So, new stance, a little bit of change from where they are, new interest rates, and the market has moved. So CK and I, we had to go on a round of all these different ideas that we were talking about over the course of this podcast to see, are they still valid in this new interest rate environment? Okay, uh, welcome back, CK. Um, nice to see you again. And once again, the big news, right? The Fed has made its announcement, right? So the numbers are out and it has uh, in some ways moved the markets, right? So help us understand what's the situation, uh, what's the reality that we are seeing and yeah, what did the Fed just say? Everyone is looking at what Jerome Powell is going to say, what's the US Fed uh, going to react to mm-hmm. some of the headline numbers out there. Like what you said, we just had a meeting uh, as of last night uh, where the US Fed came in and it did move the markets, in fact, because the mm. markets actually, uh, US markets were up the best day since 2020, right? So so definitely big moves in the market in reaction to what the Fed said or did not say, in a sense. Uh, mm. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, US rates, inflation, uh, some of the themes that market participants, the big banks, the brokerages out there, they're talking about in how to play this theme as well. So mm-hmm. two week break. I didn't really see what happened in the market previously, but <laughs> which is which is fine. Which is fine. Okay, I just want to take this opportunity to shout out to everybody. If you're on a break, you should be on a break. Okay, don't always follow the markets blindly, and it's very tiring, and you know it's not healthy for yourself. Also, life is beyond the markets. Okay, but now that we are back, now that we are back, we should focus on uh, the topic of the day, right? So, so what what exactly happened with the Fed? Like, what did Powell say? You know, what is the interest rate, and what was the expectation? Well, actually, the markets, quite interestingly, they have uh, constantly changed their expectation, you could say. Um, back when we <laughs> yeah, talked about interest true. rates, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's changed so much. The mm. Fed themselves have changed their expectation as well. So um, mm. this time last year, they were looking at no rates at all, uh, no rate hikes at all uh, up to 2023. Uh, that has clearly changed. We had one rate hike in March, uh, 125 basis point hike. Uh, and recently, uh, last night, we had a double hike or a 50 basis point hike. Now, you might think like, you know, what's the big deal with a 50 basis point hike uh, or the, the interest rate now being at about, you know, three hikes in. But the fact is, we have not actually seen a double hike since year 2000, you know, and that is during the era of the dot-com bubble and the era of uh, like, you know, 20 years ago. So, so this is huge news. This is something that the markets have not experienced in a long time. And what's more interesting is actually this was considered as a dovish move. It's considered as a move by the US Fed that was, you know, not actually on the, on, like looking at more hikes than the market ex- uh, expected. Yeah, so, so like uh, in a sense, the market, parts of the market, they were anticipating up to three hikes you know, in this or in the next meeting and Jerome Powell came out and said, okay, we're going to do double hike this round and anticipating maybe two more double hikes, two more 50 basis point hikes. And the markets were like, oh, that's great news. You know, this this US uh, Federal Reserve is actually not too hawkish and as a result of that, we had the best day since 2020 for stocks. Mm, so mm, it's, it's mm. pretty crazy, you know, if you think about it, if you have, you know, six rate hikes in the span of three months, you tell that to anybody last year and they will say like you know that is an insanely hawkish move by the US Fed but right now mm. instead the markets are saying you know that's a, as dovish as it gets for 
the US Fed and the stocks are rallying, you know, as of yeah. last night. So so that's huge news, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it blows my mind, right? So I want to get a bit of clarity. Is it because um, the expectation by now, or at least before the news, was three hikes? So then there was two hikes. So in that sense, there was a discrepancy in expectation that's why the market market reacted this way or, or what is it like yeah like, like you said right like two highs is, is quite a lot at once right so so why did the market react this way i'm just trying to dig your brains a bit yeah so you know everyone's trying to figure out like how come the markets will act that way right but mm. uh, i mean i think in many ways like what you mentioned uh, a lot of it has to do with expectation people have already been expecting two hikes so beyond two hikes that's where the uncertainty is and now when the u.s fed has come out and actually what's important is not just the hikes that they have done or that they are projecting but also the language the speech that jerome powell gave and he also mentioned that they are not looking at triple hikes right now they're not looking at 75 basis point hikes right now and so that took away a bit of the uncertainty that market participants the traders out there that they were a little bit worried about so in some mm. sense, when you take away the uncertainty, that does help to calm some people's nerves down. It does take away some of the more extreme scenarios on the table as well. And so markets reacted positively to that in a sense. Now, Jerome Powell, you know, he did, he did say that, you know, we are not looking at 75 basis point triple hikes right now. But you have to remember also, Jerome Powell, this is the same guy that also did mention they are not looking at a lot of rate hikes this year as well. So, you know, a lot of things can change. It's very dynamic as well. Uh, but as of right now, immediately after the Fed meeting, that's really what markets are looking at when it comes to taking away some uncertainty, taking away some volatility and calming some of the market nerves out there for the more extreme scenarios. Mm, great, great, great. Yes, um, I mean, Yellen also said a lot of things previously, the previous <laughs> Fed, right? So, so, so far, yeah. uh, my verdict is the Fed chairs prediction and the reality, not very tuned one, okay? But anyway, anyway, it is what it is, right? So this is the new policy reality. We're not speculating anymore. But is there any other interesting um, ideas or that you have picked up in Powell's speeches, right? It's like how people read Buffett's papers, right? It's not just about the headlines, right? When you read deeper, there are a lot more interesting stuff. So anything in Powell uh, speech that caught your caught your attention yeah so i mean i think actually just reading not just the statement itself i did read that uh but yeah. also some of uh, what people are highlighting as aspects of the statement uh it's really measured language you know that he comes out to say what he said and he he actually mentioned like i said uh that they are not looking at any more extreme measures for the time being you know so he's looking at two more double hikes uh, I think in the next three months or so, up to July, so June and July, uh, and beyond that also rate hikes up to the rest of the end of the year. Uh, and if you look at that, that's the guidance that they are giving. And of course, time will tell whether or not uh, things will change. Inflation continues to stay persistent. Uh, they need to up it a little bit more or whether, like what he mentioned, also one of the aspects that uh, people are actually cheering is that he seems to be shifting a little bit back to team transitory again. So he's talking about how, you know, the inflation <laughs> might not be something that again. is yeah, going to sustain. And, and that was language mm. he's used a year ago. That's language that he mm. retired. And now it seems to be coming back a little bit as well where he's saying like, you know, there appear to be some signs that the inflation problem has started to peak and uh, at the same time, you know, worries about economic growth, about the job market, all of these aspects of the US economy remain strong. 
So, so that's why the Fed is able to do what it has been able to do, in a sense. Because, again, dual mandate of the Fed, talking about unemployment, talking about inflation, these are the two aspects they have to balance. And the jobs market right now is something that remains strong. So, so language around those areas, I think, that have really caught not just my attention, but also the attention of the markets out there. And so that's perhaps one of the reasons why the markets rallied as they did. Uh, but of mm. course, you could say even though it's the best day since 2020, uh, looking at the S&P 500 right now, it, you still are looking at losses for the year, right? So, yeah, yeah. so people are still being cautious in that sense. Some of them taking profit, you know, selling into the rally. Others of them, depending of course on their time frame, trading in and out, things like that. A lot of activity mm. and a lot of speculation, mm. a lot of news and talk about it, yeah. Yes, it's it's like he's a new celebrity in town, huh? But I just <laughs> just wanna okay, so I, I wanna get a little bit of clarity on this inflation discussion because we've been having this for quite a while, right? So, what I'm hearing is um, expectations of inflation numbers are gonna dampen, right? So that's why he is making uh, what they call an informed decision to be less hawkish, right? To to be a little bit more chill on his hikes. So does that mean that inflation is no longer a concern or do do we as retail investors and traders, do we still need to care about inflation numbers? How is it going to affect you know, uh, our choices, our picks, our trades? I think if you could do a quick recap of what caused some of this inflation in the first place uh, since the depths of the pandemic in 2020, actually we saw several tidal waves, you could say, uh, of inflation coming in. First big tidal wave, of course, when there were vaccines that were, you know, found. That was in November 2020. The whole reopening trade kicked off. We have all of these uh, people, you could say, anticipating a build-up in demand, build-up in a lot of economic activity, uh, especially coming out of China, because China was one of the first countries out of the 2020 slump, you could say. So the pickup in demand, pickup in travel, all of that started to, to get the attention of the market. So oil price started to pick up. Instead of negative, like what we saw in the middle of 2020, now you actually have oil prices starting to rally hard. And oil, of mm. course, is a huge component when it comes to inflation because uh, oil is used for many, many things, including transport for your normal goods. Yeah. So, so first tidal wave that is really spurred by, you could say, the reopening trade. And then, of course, earlier this year, uh, February 24th, I think, uh, when Russia decided to come into Ukraine and, and invade, uh, that's where a uh, next tidal wave came in. And that is really coming in from the angle of supply and how this supply, you know, could be restricted because of some of the sanctions on natural resources, on oil, on materials like your metals. That comes from Russia Great. and from Ukraine mm -hmm. as well when it comes to food, grains, uh, and Ukraine being the breadbasket of Europe, right? So uh, a mm -hmm. lot of these costs in a sense, have gone up as a result of this Russia-Ukraine tension. And now you could say there's a third tidal wave that is actually still ongoing. Of course, the Russia-Ukraine crisis, unfortunately, is still happening. But the third tidal wave actually comes from now, suddenly, there are disruptions again in China, right? And so uh, lockdowns in China, COVID still haunting the Chinese government, still haunting the Chinese people. And as a result of that, you have many, many supply chain disruptions that are happening again and again. Uh, we've seen it happen in 2020, and now we are seeing it happen again in 2022. And that has again pushed up costs, right? So mm, huge tidal yeah. waves, multiple factors coming in that have actually contributed to this inflation problem. So some of these, yeah. you know, 
there might not be any end in sight. You, know, right? you ask whether inflation is going to be a problem. Uh, if the Russia-Ukraine crisis continues and sanctions on Russia continue, and there's language out there that you know says like uh, the German government doesn't seem to want the sanctions to end unless Russia exits Ukraine completely, including in Crimea. Um, so how likely is that? How long this crisis will last? That's going to be something that uh, unfortunately might continue to persist. Uh, of course, we are all hoping for the best for that situation to resolve. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there are some of these factors that don't seem to be, uh, you know, get making any progress in a sense, at least from an inflation point of view, sanctions point of view. Uh, and again, COVID-19, we are hoping that, you know, the lockdowns don't uh, like uh, have a huge impact on the economy of China. We are hoping that, you know, they can uh, have a reopening right now for China again. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if the lockdowns persist, that's going to continue to disrupt your supply chains. There are companies that will try to find ways around it, but at the same time, there are some things that can't be helped as well. So it really yeah. does depend on some of these situations out there. rest of the world, including Singapore, might be reopening, but we have to remember now in this kind of globalized economy and trade uh, that supply chains are all across the world. And so disruption yeah. in China will affect Singapore, will affect the US as well, yeah. Yes, yes. And welcome to a new world. China is no longer a small boy. Eh? For all of you that still think, you know, China is like, oh, China, you know, on the side. Yes. And I also want to thank you for pointing out that, you know, it is the sanctions in UK, uh, in the Russian-Ukraine thing that, that is important. Not not the war you know, solely, right? Because the war is the war, but then it's the sanctions that are causing a lot of these kind of discrepancies in the markets and also affecting supply chain. Right? So, that, so that's uh, added clarity there, right? Hey, thank you for tuning in weekly with us at Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. If you want to be even faster in following latest market insights done by the team at OCBC Securities, you should visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters for market insights on Singapore, China, Hong Kong and the US and a lot of the stuff that we couldn't cover on the show today. This show is jointly produced by the team at The Financial Coconut and OCBC Securities. We hope you become a more astute trader following our weekly show. And we want to hear from you. Join our ecosystem, advance, and all that stuff. Details in the description below. I will see you next week. Also, contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial products. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, check out iocbc.com slash trading matters. Also, like, share, subscribe. Huh? Like, share, subscribe. See you next week.